Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing what we believe is the single best way to buy stocks. Mike, I was playing golf the other day with a gentleman, and he had been in real estate all his life, and he's, he's realized one of the problems with his real estate is, the, is liquidity. And it's tough to, he can generate income, but he doesn't have liquid assets to, to buy other things. And so we talked about a globally diversified portfolio. And you and I understand that completely, but I thought it might be worthwhile today to really explore what we mean by that. What does is, what is a globally diversified portfolio mean? So why don't you start with the, the big picture, globally diversified? Well, we'll start with globally. So are we investing just in Canada? And the answer is uh, no. There's much more opportunity in other parts of the world. Canada's a great country. And don't get me wrong, Canada's a great country to invest in because it's uh, very, we have a lot of rules and regulations that make it very safe rather than going to, there's, you know, countries in other parts of the world that you wouldn't feel safe, parts of China, other third world nations that you don't have the regulations you do with Canada. So Canada's a good part of the portfolio. But again, there's limitations in Canada. We have a reasonable amount of oil resource. We have a good financial system, but we don't produce a lot, you know? So if you want to start again, these technology companies that have really moved the world forward, you're going to have to start up into the next level, which is U.S., right? And U.S. is a tremendous power. So you got to make sure you have exposure to the U.S. Then when you get outside the U.S., international markets have tremendous opportunity. If you start to go over to the emerging markets, that's where a lot of these products are being produced now. You know, you can't really create an iPhone in the U.S. or Canada now. The parts have to be created in an emerging market. So when you look at all these different parts that, uh, that are involved in creating something, you want to make sure you have a globally diversified portfolio to make sure your portfolio is involved in all those different pieces. So if we look at it, you want some money in Canada, you want some money in the U.S., you want some money in the international markets, and I guess the fourth category would be in, in the emerging markets. And just to give you an idea in terms of the breadth of some of these other markets, in Canada, you can buy a little over 400 different publicly traded companies. So that's your choice, 400. That's quite a bit. A lot of those are really small companies. Once we get down to the U.S., you've got closer to 3,000 publicly traded companies that you would think of buying. You even have a, a higher amount, but typically 3,000. Get into the international markets, you're 3,500, 4,000 different companies that you could put into your portfolio. And finally, even the emerging markets has 25 to uh, 100 to, to 3,000. So, so much more choice once you get outside of Canada. What I've always said to people is get up in the morning and try to just use products made in Canada. And by the time you brush your teeth, you're finished. Next, let's look at sectors. So they've done a good job simplifying all the different sectors in the market. So, you know, the first one would be financials. Those are, are banks, uh, insurance companies, uh, mutual fund companies, anything that's providing financial services. Then we'd have technology companies. We all pretty much understand those. You know, we would look at, at companies like Apple and Google and, and, and so on. 
um, we get into real estate companies. So real estate companies, those, those could be real estate companies that own real estate agencies or buy individual real estate as, as opposed to REITs, which are a completely different type of real estate. Then we have consumer services. So companies that produce goods for consumers. Then we have companies that produce goods for just businesses. Then we get into companies that produce just goods for consumers. And then we have the same for goods for businesses. Uh, then we get into some of the stuff we have in Canada. We have basic materials that would be forestry and mining. We then get into energy companies, oil and gas. Um, we get into industrial services, and as I mentioned, industrial goods. So all these different sectors, and what's unique is each country's got some sort of specialties. So talk about, you know, what are some of the specialties that you would find in Canada? Canada, we're going to specialize uh, oil and gas, mining, financials. That's our big specialty in Canada. When you move to U.S., U.S. is technology has it used to not be technology but in the last i'd say two to three decades technology has taken over the u.s uh it used to be an industrial nation back in the 50s you know the u.s remember the the massive industrial uh power the u.s had but because of labor costs going up unions and all that a lot of that production has moved over to the international markets which brings over the international side of things china areas like that because of labor costs and cost of doing business they can produce things at a lot lower cost than we can in North America. And emerging markets is uh, I probably, I'm probably more talking about the emerging markets than the international markets, but uh, international has everything in it. I mean, from finance to technology to, you go to a company like Germany, technology that comes out of Germany, look at the cars nowadays. Most of the cars on the road, they used to be, uh, it used to be by American. You know, if I go to a parking lot right now, I guarantee 40% of those cars are going to be made in Germany. They're going to be Audis, Volkswagens, BMWs, Mercedes. Yeah, that, that's where, no, for sure. That's where it's sure. moved. So each market, whether the U.S., international, emerging, has things, dominant sectors in it. Uh, use an example of healthcare. Canada, because our healthcare is public healthcare, there's not a lot of private healthcare companies. Go down to the States, there's lots of private healthcare companies. Go to the emerging markets, there's very little healthcare companies because there's very little healthcare. And the international, again, similar to the US, a lot of healthcare companies. We look at the vaccine, where did the vaccine come from? You know, it's going to come where the money is. At the end of the day, they came, uh, AstraZeneca was uh, British, right? And uh, we have Moderna and Pfizer coming, uh, Pfizer out of the US. So when we see, when we see these production, where the money is, going to demand that to be produced. So again, when you invest, you got to make sure you are fully globally diversified. Otherwise, you're not going to take advantage of that. So back to global diversification, we start with we're going to diversify around the world. Then we want to diversify by sector because we never know which sector is going to perform the best. And we've learned that different countries have different specialties in terms of sectors. What about tax implications? What are those? Well, Canada, if you're a Canadian investor in Canada, dividends are paid out to Canadian investors. And as a Canadian, there's a great advantage to dividends as far as how they're taxed. So you're paying much less of a tax rate on dividends than you are on normal income. 
if you go to invest in the U.S., a lot of times when you design a portfolio, you want to make sure that your U.S. equities are in open accounts rather than RSPs because the U.S. will pay dividends and the government will take tax on those dividends. And when you invest into an open account, you're going to get something called a foreign uh, tax credit for any of the tax has been taken by the foreign countries. You got to be careful, though. If you invest U.S. equities into an RSP, that foreign tax credit that you're getting paid back for, the taxes are taken away from your investments. But if you're an RSP, you're not getting any credit for that. So you got to be very careful of how you're investing in different parts of the world and what types of what types of accounts you use to hold those. So it's not as simple as dividend income from the U.S. is the same as dividend income from Canada or dividend income from the emerging markets is very different than, again, Canadian dividend income in how it's taxed. I, one thing we've done in the McClellan Financial Group that I don't see many other firms doing is we talk about this thing called a two-fund solution, which means we keep the fixed income and the equity separate and we've, we've kept different pieces of the portfolio. A lot of people have moved to overall balance fund where every account has the same mix to it. We don't do that in here. And the reason why is by putting certain assets in certain accounts can save you a lot on taxes at the end of the day. And it's just a much better way to run a portfolio. And a lot of people give into the ease of just making every account the same, but you pay extra money in taxes. So the simple thought is I just want to buy shares in Tesla or I want to buy shares in Toyota. But now we got to look at, well, what country is it based out of? What sector am I buying? And what are the tax implications? So that's the easy part. Let's go a little deeper. What's next? Well, after that, you're going to company size. So now you want to get, have some diversification as what type of size of company you're buying. We know there's a, a premium for a small cap. So how are you going to put that in your portfolio? So small companies do better than large companies over time. What about middle-sized companies? How do they do? They do a little bit better than large. Okay. But not quite as good as small. Not quite as good as small. But do you want to be all small cap? It's a bit risky. <laughs> pretty pretty dangerous. So you probably want some small companies, some middle-sized companies, and some large companies in the portfolio. Yeah. The small company idea seems great, but for the last two years, would you want to have anyone not have an Amazon, Microsoft in their portfolio? Wouldn't want to have that happen. So even though there is a there's a premium that you get from the small companies, you still want some of these big players. And remember, small companies do become large companies. So you got to know when to change your allocation on that too. You know, even sectors, when we got in the sector side, some companies that are in one sector may not remain in that sector. IBM, for example. IBM, we used to think of as to produce computers. IBM doesn't make computers anymore. They have nothing to do with it, right? They're now a business service industry. So they've changed around their business model from the old IBM, which used to produce tons of computers. That's not IBM's game anymore. Next, we get into company pricing. And we've talked about this before. We typically talk about value and growth companies. So value companies are companies that are currently trading at a low price. Companies typically still make good money, but the price is low. The stock price is low today. Whereas a growth company is a company that's growing very quickly and the stock price is really high. In the middle, you've also got what we call neutral companies. And so when you're building this globally diversified portfolio, you want probably a little more in value companies because they do better than growth companies, but you don't want to ignore neutral companies and you certainly don't want to ignore all growth companies. So you need a mix of all of those into your portfolio. What's the last one? Profitability. 
you know, recent research in the last, I'd say this is the last five years or so, has shown that companies with higher profitability do better than companies with lower profitability. Uh, you're you're paying more for that, so there's more risk involved in the price because there's the thing to always remember when you invest. Anytime you have a premium or a better ret expected return out of something, there's got to be a expected extra risk you got to take on. Risk and reward are always related. The only time that doesn't happen is diversification, and in all investments from everything. And I've we're 30 years doing this. I found the only time where the risk and reward scenario doesn't get uh, put into place is with a balanced portfolio. You can actually lower your risk and increase your rate of return. And it works. So would you try and build this globally diversified portfolio yourself, given all these implications and things you need to buy? It's a lot of work, isn't it? It would be a heck of a lot of work for one individual. So those people that think, well, I'm just going to buy 10 or 20 different stocks and hold those they're really missing out on a lot of potential great tax implications, returns, sector implications, et cetera. Some of the best investments I've seen, people that actually own companies, even in our client base, some of the people who've done very well off owning companies have been things I've never heard of. You know, that I, I never even knew existed. And they tell me where the company does. I've got, I never even thought of that before. But there's tremendous amounts of profits in these things that your average person wouldn't even think existed. We're so used to looking at the consumer, we forget about businesses, all the needs and the services that businesses require to operate. Tremendous opportunity for investment. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.